Most of our manifestations at this point in our evolution are unintended. Um, sometimes they're unthought of, which seems to create a, a paradoxical question. If thoughts become things, Jumbo, fellow adventurers, I'm Mike Dooley, here to remind you once more that your thoughts become things. And I'm going to do it today by dropping another edition of a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. These were broadcasted live. My answers to fellow adventurers' questions about life, dreams, and happiness. And each one took 5, 10, or 15 minutes. We've sewn them all together for your viewing and listening enjoyment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, happy Monday. I got my days of the week straight today. Can't, can't miss that on a Monday. Hope you all had an amazing weekend. Thanks for the great questions. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Mike, do we dissolve back into God when all is done? Specifically, I have a question from reading a book, Mike. The writer says he reached at one mint and says that our souls are not immortal and we do not reincarnate, but only our thoughts and our ideas do. I got so confused while reading this and scared. He basically said, unless you awaken and become at one mint, are you immortal? Thank you. I'd appreciate your thoughts. Well, words slip and fail. Uh, I mean, words are almost wrong the moment you speak them when given the totality and the immensity of the brilliance of the mind of God, because words limit what would otherwise be unlimited. But yet we use them, we gain traction. They can be really valuable and a whole lot of fun, but you got to realize it's always a slippery slope when you're trying to pin down reality with a couple of words. And I'm sure the author here, whoever that may be, was speaking to a perspective that holds validity, but the overall tone and what you took from it, which is what I would have taken from it, uh, no way, Jose. Um, I, I get the fear and I'll speak to it in just a moment. But on the path to self-realization, enlightenment, soul integration, um, there is this notion and this school of thought that we kind of collapse from the ego to the intellect, to the spirit, to the soul. And ultimately we blend back into the mind of God. And that little Mike Dooley that was so cute one time running around on earth thinking that he was all that. Um, oh, you know, that was just kind of a figment, kind of an illusion, kind of an apparition. Um, for the experiences that he would have and add to the mind of God. But now that's all done. Now God's being God and Mike, you know, little Mike, he's, he doesn't exist anymore. Um, this idea is, is truly terrifying, <laughs> not just for me, but for anybody who, who, who might try to put uh, truth on a linear timeline because that's what's going on right here. And it makes you feel like that you will dissolve, as I have said before, metaphorically, like a cube of sugar in hot water. Like one day you don't exist. You will not exist because you will be blended back into the heart and mind of God. Oh, doesn't that sound awful? Absolutely awful. And it is, and it's wrong. It doesn't work like that. I've, I've read some books in my life about those who have experienced multiple personalities usually stemming from extreme child abuse, uh, a very sad tangent. 
But when the folks with multiple personalities are meeting with their psychiatrist, the personalities themselves become terrified because they're like, you're not going to get rid of me. No, like I take care of this part of the person and she takes care of that part of the person. And each of them have this identity, which is real. And it's an understandable fear. The psychiatrist, as I understood when I read it long ago, I don't know where the school of thought is, was, was of the persuasion that these personalities need to, to be blended into one. Is that even possible? I don't think so, nor do, would I advocate going down that realm. But, but this is an anticipated um, false belief. In fact, some of the Ken Carey books that I've read lately that I love so much and some other books, they repeatedly say that while your ego is you know, doing too much right now, it doesn't need to be annihilated. It needs to be relegated to the passenger seat as co-pilot so that spirit can flow through. And they all say that as you move through soul integration and you go higher and higher in vibration and closer and closer to source, <clears throat> that this never ever means the death or the extinguishment of your personality. Your personality is truly eternal. And to think that Oh, one day when I'm really enlightened, I'll blend back into God. That puts it on a timeline. Time's an illusion. There's no such timeline. Here's the saving grace, if you will. The fear is that if you blend back into God, you disappear. Well, where do you think you're living your life right now? Inside of God. You're already blended. You're already perfect. You're already one with the divine and one with me and one with everyone else, yet you are still you. You will always be you. If you will, this adventure into the jungles of time and space has, has created God particles or fingers of God. And these particles will never go away. These fingers will never go away. They continue to grow and grow and go and go and explore even as they are simultaneously giving feedback to the mind of God, everyone's experience, every trip and fall, every stand up and recovery, every summit peaked, all goes to the mind of God. And, and it never ends because there are an infinite, truly infinite, number of ways for the expansion of the mind of God. And, and while you can have all the timeouts you want and you can take a, uh, you know, a hammock rest for a few trillion zillion years in, in the palm of God, there will still be now happening. And you happening when you were five years old is still unfolding. And, and th again, words are utterly failing right now. It doesn't work. But here's another, another interesting kind of thought. Can you imagine as I'm just talking right now, the idea of you being extinguished is, is not comfortable. Imagine if you were five years old, it would be an equally, any child would find that an equally difficult concept. But do you think you today, compared to you as a five-year-old child, do you think that you want to go back and be that five-year-old child? I mean, it was cool and swing sets and biting people. And I mean, that was a good time, right? Um, but would you really want to go be five again? 
I think not. Yet that five-year-old exists, will always exist, unless you put them on a timeline, and time's fake, right? It's an illusion. In ways that we cannot comprehend nor summarize in words, the five-year-old exists eternally, okay? And, and the five-year-old also grows eternally. And the five-year-old becomes the six-year-old eternally. And you are yourself eternally. Don't even try to understand it except to realize that you never go away. You can't go away. You're a forever being. And one day you're going to be at such a radiant, beautiful, high-vibing, joy-filled, love-filled level that you'd be like, you know, I would never want to go back and be Mike again. Not not back back in the Stone Age, not back being a dum-dum. But that doesn't mean that Mike today isn't going to continue to be a dum-dum and doesn't continue to relish and love so many aspects of my life. It is eternal in ways that you cannot understand. So when an author tries to parse truth, they usually leave a lot on the chopping block. Um, and with good intentions, and a lot can be conveyed, hopefully I conveyed something uh, worthy of um, taking home uh, today, but there's always a grain of salt. And, and the, the truth is this, it will always speak of life's beauty, it will always speak of your power, and it will leave nobody behind. We talked about that a week ago. And, and if, if you've got an idea that's been parsed by your own mind or an author, and somehow it's not beautiful, then something's wrong. And somehow you're not powerful, then it's not the truth. And somehow people are left behind, and we're not all included together equally as these joyful creatures that we are, then it's not the truth. And so take that with you in all that you read. Look for what lifts you up and embrace it. And if it doesn't, leave it alone because it was meant for somebody else peering through a different prism at that time. You are forever young. Jumbo fellow adventurers, this is Mike Dooley. Thoughts become things. Time for your daily spiritual tune-up. Thank you so much for posting your questions below on Facebook or Instagram. Thanks especially to Infinite Possibility members who as well post questions. Today, wow, this is a, a doozy. My husband came out as gay. How did I manifest this experience? Well, most of our manifestations at this point in our evolution are unintended. Um, sometimes they're unthought of, which seems to create a, a paradoxical question. If thoughts become things, and they do, how can we experience things we never thought of? Well, it's pretty simple to understand. Uh, and then we'll talk about ramifications, implications, and your husband coming out as gay. Whenever the unthought of, the unthought of lands on your path, it is always, triple underline, always, it is always a stepping stone in a journey to a further destination made possible by that stepping stone that you did think about, 
There is no exceptions ever to thoughts becoming things. Yet we think 60,000 thoughts a day and sometimes they're pitted against one another. Sometimes they don't reconcile. Sometimes they're not in agreement. And so we've got all these thoughts seeking the light of day. And sometimes a thought needs to draw you through unthought of territory. Draw you through unthought of territory so that it can become a thing. To give you my all-time example, I live in Orlando. Sometimes I go to Miami, South Beach, really fun, super hip, learning the language. And, uh, and that means a four or five hour car journey from Orlando to South Beach, Miami. South Beach is my destination. Miami is what I'm thinking about. But when I get in my car at the beginning of the journey, I don't know where I'm going to stop for gasoline or electricity or uh, fast food. I don't know what smiling faces or angry people I'm going to see along the way. I don't know where the road's going to be under construction this time and I'm going to have to take a detour. But all of those points in the journey are necessary for me to successfully arrive to the place I had been thinking about. So I'm going to have five hours of unthought of manifestations so that I can have the manifestation that I thought about. Now, I know you were not thinking about marrying somebody who would come out as gay. We're going to go there in just a minute. Okay, but first, let me get my premise straight here. And that is our lives are filled with unintended, unthought of manifestations that make other thoughts of ours that were intended possible. Okay, and so consider many people thinking that life is hard, God is angry, uh, it's all one big test. Those are some of their thoughts. And while they might not think of slipping and falling, and they might not think of meeting angry people, if their underlying presumption, their underlying end results are God is angry, people are jerks, they're going to have a really bumpy road to show them what they've been thinking about. So whenever the unthought of falls on your path, it is always a stepping stone in a journey to a further place that you were thinking about. Now, okay, so we've got the, the uh, parameters under our belt. Let's talk about what may you have been thinking about to enter into a relationship with someone who would uh, end up wanting to leave, that would uh, end up showing different colors, that would end up not being what you thought about. Maybe your overriding objective, your long-term end result was love. Maybe this person that you had this adventure with is somebody that you have frolicked in and out of the jungles of time and space for millions and millions of years, thousands and thousands of incarnations, and they have helped save your life and you have helped save their life and you get each other and you get along and there's such a commonality there. You are twin flames. That doesn't mean you always want apple pie at the same time. That doesn't mean you always have the same um, sexual orientation. That doesn't mean that you will always be male, male, female, female, or male, female, male, female. Now, those parameters change based on all of the other things that we want to learn and understand. But you've got this person and you know that they're going to be doing some crazy wild stuff this lifetime, which is not to speak of their orientation whatsoever, but other 
thrills and other spills and things that are looming. And it's like, by golly, come hell or high water, I'm going to be by your side and I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to help you connect the dots just as you have done for me so many times before. This kind of inner dialogue, this kind of greater understanding happens in all of our lives. We are far more than the person that we think we are. You already know that. And so while you might not consciously be, be aware of what some call ancient spiritual contracts, and nobody's locked into a contract that they can't change on the fly or just say, hi, hey, you know what? I'm done. I don't care about that anymore. And just follow your heart. But we're always embroiled and, and lovingly so in these other objectives, if you will. And if an objective is to love and be and stand beside somebody as they look to understand life and deal with challenges and adventures, uh, then all of a sudden you may be with that person because love called you there and because there was a commonality and because you understood or you remembered at a much deeper level that something beautiful was going to happen including them coming out as gay or whatever else has happened here. A relationship is not awesome based on how long it lasts. A relationship is awesome based on how much love there was and there will always be and how much learning and growing it made possible. And sometimes learning and growing isn't really a lot of fun, but it makes possible more fun later on. Do you see? You're really after a whole lot of fun. But you need to learn some lessons. Well, are you going to learn those lessons so that you can have a whole lot of fun forever and ever and ever? And if you're thinking about a whole lot of fun forever and ever and ever, yet the only way you can get there is to deal with some lessons that are on your path right now, to crack that shell and open up and say hallelujah, well then you probably will opt to go down a path where there will be unintended manifestations that will play to your greater growth and glory, making possible Hallelujah forevermore in the long run. And every pinch and squeeze and poke and jab, it's, it's all an invitation for a quicker awakening on your behalf. Everything is playing to your greater good. Everything is happening for you, including that beloved master that you married who's, who's learning more about themselves and now coming out and wanting to show different colors. It's all good. Okay, and it's all playing out. And remember, of course, you can't manifest specific behavior from a specific person. I can't ensure that my wife will always be what I know her as today. I can't ensure that my daughter will always be. But I can do my best to be my best, to love and respect and to, to uh, play off of them and to be that person they want and need and that I want to be and hope for the best, knowing that everything is working out for the best. And the paths change, paths change. Love is eternal. All right. In addition to love, there could be healing, there could be service, there could be adventure. Those are other far off destinations that will move you through unthought of territory. Everything is playing to your greater good. And final caveat. Just because I'm saying the truth here, that you might be moved through unthought of territory, that does not mean that absolutely any crazy, wonky, unpredictable, unimaginable thing can happen to you. No, 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 no. Everything that does happen in my car journey from Orlando to Miami, although unthought of, although unintended, although consequential to the ultimate end result, 
anything and everything that does happen will be with an alignment of all of my other thoughts and my other beliefs and my other expectations as to how people drive, how respectful they are on the road, uh, how efficient the, the Department of Transportation has been, all of the things that happen in your life, while sometimes unthought of, will still play within the guardrails of your thoughts, beliefs, intents, expectations, your other 60,000 thoughts a day about the nature of reality, how awesome people are, how much of how much they're not awesome or whatever else. So it's all good. Love yourself. It's working out perfectly. It's playing to your greater good. Nothing, nothing random can happen to you. Okay. Trust yourself. Love yourself. When things show up that you didn't expect, that you didn't intend, that you didn't think of, know that it's playing to a greater end and your ultimate happiness. Trust yourself no matter how the people in your circle respond. Know that you were there for love and they will be there for you in love and you're attracting more love into your life every single day. Jumbo fellow adventurers, time for a spiritual tune-up. Happy hump day. Today really is Wednesday. Okay. Thanks for the great questions, especially thanks to my Infinite Possibility members who get their questions to me. <clears throat> Mike, I struggle with your belief that there is no evil. I watch people choose every day to do things that are evil in the intent and meaning. I do not believe they are always, but sometimes, but not always, aware that what they do is harmful to others. So how do you explain that as a learning, how do you explain that as a learning experience for them rather than some kind of influence from a dark force? All right, this comes up about every six months or so, so we're um, cycling back around to, to address a really important uh, concept here, and that is does evil exist as a force unto itself? That's the first of a series of questions I'm going to be asking you to answer this one. Does evil exist as a force unto itself? We've been told in religious circles, I certainly was raised uh, that way, that, that there is evil, that it is a volition and a force all its own. Uh, it is the devil. Uh, we are all vulnerable. We're all susceptible to these dark forces, to these dark energies that are out there. Uh, I, I think uh, that is way off base. It is not remotely true. How could there be this world with infinite intelligence, um, source energy, God? If you believe in a devil or you believe evil as a force of volition of its own, then you would believe in the opposite, that there is a force of good of its own. There would be love. There would be creation. There would be God, right? This is kind of the polarity. If there's a God, there must be a um, a devil. If there's a heaven, there must be a hell. No. Crazy as it seems, whatever is good is real and whatever is not is a lie. I know that sounds totally illogical, but would you expect less? And would you expect that the mind, if you will, divine mind that creates the sun, the moon, and the stars, 10 sextillion planets, 100 million species on planet Earth, do you think that mind wouldn't be big enough wise enough, smart enough to be able to snuff out evil, 
to just be able to stomp that thing right out of here? Uh, do you think there are cockroaches in God's kitchen? As I put in my book, The Top 10 Things Dead People Want to Tell You. It is totally illogical. It makes no sense. It holds no water. It stems from, if there's a high, there's a low. If there's a good, there's a bad. But this polarity doesn't exist in the deeper spiritual realms where time is an illusion. We all get to that place marching hand in hand of love and cheer and infinite possibilities. So does evil exist of its own? No, it would have been squashed out. It never existed to begin with. And so the next in a series of questions, do people think and do evil things? Oh yes, oh yes, evil, ugly, hideous, disgusting things. People think and do those things all the time. Why? As I have shared before, confusion, a lack of understanding, feeling like they're vulnerable, feeling like they have to lash out, or in the most infantile of ways, there are those among us who just want to be spiteful, vicious, who just wish to be hurtful. Why? At some level, it gives them peace. At some level, it makes them feel powerful. At some level, it erodes their, they think it will erode their own fear. It doesn't matter what's going on in their broken mind. They have somehow justified or celebrated doing harm to other people. It will never be okay. It has been around since the, the dawn of time. Press charges, file a lawsuit, do whatever you feel is necessary to do. Stick up for yourself, but also realize, and this stems from our talk yesterday, uh, the third in my series of questions to ask you, and I'll just wipe the slate clean and we're gonna go back to it in a minute. A question I used to ask myself all the time. In this bastion of order and glory, God come alive in the jungles of time and space. Why do pointless, stupid, idiotic, painful things happen? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen? Why isn't there some stopgap measure that God institutes, divine intelligence, so that whenever somebody's about to say something mean, or do something awful. There's like, they're totally frozen solid until they gather their wits about them. There's some like pattern interrupt where they're not able to pull the trigger or pull the punch or whatever it is they wanted to do. God could certainly do that given the, the fantastical nature of the jungles of time and space. So why do bad things happen? And dwelling on it, and I encourage you to ask yourself big questions. The answers are right there dwelling on it for ages, it came to me. The question is fatally flawed. The question of why do bad things happen presumes that bad things happen. What if bad things don't happen? What if everything is a step closer to the light? What if everything is us reaching for heights that have not yet been attained in this journey? What if everything adds to the whole? What if every lesson becomes everybody else's lesson? What if everything adds to the love in the grand scheme of things? If everything minimized the pain in the grand scheme of things, even if it meant one or two steps backwards? And what if nobody had to participate in any ugliness unless they volunteered, unless they wanted to, unless they stepped up to the plate? Now, yesterday we talked about, um, did I manifest my gay husband? 
right? And the answer was oftentimes we have unintended manifestations because beyond the unintended bit, uh, there was something we were thinking about. And maybe we got involved. Maybe the ultimate end result was a deeper, greater love. And to kind of get to that deeper, greater love, we're going to be drawn through unthought of territory that might surprise us, might disappoint us, might break our heart. But then we'd be set up for happily ever after in realms beyond time and space. Maybe it's through a type of volunteerism where people would put themselves in harm's way. Let it be me and not them. I can handle it. I'll rise above. Let it be me, not them, because I know the perpetrator and I know the goodness of their heart and I know that they're going to find their way out of the darkness they're now in and I'm going to be part of the role player in this scenario. This does not justify ugly things. This does not mean that whatever bad has happened to somebody, that it's their fault. It is not their fault. Fault does not belong in any spiritual conversation. Neither does blame nor victim. Those things assume things that are not true. What if every situation that you were ever involved in, you and everyone else, at some deep, profound level, you or they agreed to be a participant for the love and the learning it would make possible for you, the perpetrator, and all of humanity, all of creation. And you knew that whatever happened in a fleeting moment or a fleeting lifetime would be nothing compared to the, the scope of eternity. And it's eternity that will be enriched forevermore for all of our missteps and for all of our mistakes and for every outburst of anger or ugliness or evil and for every blow or bullet received. I know this is not common sense. I know this is not logical. I know it seems to fly in the face of absolutely everything you have ever been told. Um, look at some of the earlier 300 spiritual tune-ups where I talk about blame the victim concept, where I talk about uh, victimhood and faults and those kind of concepts in a much deeper level. But I'm trying to put some context to the question of does evil exist of its own volition? And you can't answer that question without there being other questions that arise simultaneously that are very, very tricky and very, very difficult. But here's what I want you to take away from this. Um, I want you to know that you create your own reality. I want you to know that if you don't like something, you can change it and you change it here and with your words and with your behaviors. I want you to know that just because you can't see the order doesn't mean there isn't order. Just because you can't see the perfection doesn't mean there's no perfection. Just because you can't see the love and the healing that transpires in every single altercation, no matter how obscene or disgusting, doesn't mean it's not there. There is only perfection. There is only love. There is only grace. This does not justify the bad stuff other people do. Press charges. Call the police. Dial 911. It's all okay. It's all spiritual. Perhaps that's part of your learning with regard to your awareness of the thing that has transpired. You get to call the shot. It's a free will system. You decide what happens next. You create your own reality. And so does every single one of us. There's no room for evil in this bastion of order and perfection and beauty and love that's brimming everywhere. There's never been any such thing as evil that lurked on its own. But confused people do hideous evil things. 
in their march towards gaining dominion over all things and understanding the truth, the light, the love that they were born of and that they shall, as all of us will, return to. We're all just walking each other home, as Ron Doss uh, so famously said, and uh, it's no different when it comes to icky, ugly, painful stuff, none of which am I justifying. I'm explaining it so you can understand that there is no such thing as evil. Therefore, you are not vulnerable. Therefore, you cannot be a statistic. Therefore, you cannot be a victim, and therefore, you are all powerful. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, happy Thursday. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Thanks for the great questions. A lot of pride questions uh, lately. And of course, it's uh, time to recognize uh, pride and all else. So here's the question. LGBTQ under constant attack. How to deal? Mike, I'm a member of the LGBTQ community and it's hard for me to work on pure manifesting without what feels like the baggage of current politics on my shoulders. When pride events are being sabotaged by white supremacists and politicians are fighting against me and those I love, it's hard to be in a pure bliss, joy, manifesting place. It's nice to say it's not my battle or it's not about me, but it does directly affect me. It's hard not to feel like a victim when their goal is to victimize. True. How do you clear how do we clear ourselves of the energy that feels like a constant attack? It's very depressing and disheartening. I'm in my mid-40s and I feel saddened by the fact that we are fighting the same battles we fought in the 90s. I, I can't disagree with anything that you just shared, but maybe let me come at this at a different angle. Right now, we are living in the wild, wild west. Uh, of civilization, like crazy times. Uh, we are barely just emerged from caveman, cavewoman status. And before us, oh my gosh, there's millennia upon millennia and millions upon millions of years where life in the sacred jungles of time and space will be so unrecognizably different than it is today in our infancy. We are in our infancy right now. And before us, and we're making this possible, you are making this possible, there will come a time where there is mutual respect, cooperation, admiration, um, honoring the individual and the pursuit of his or her happiness, uh, honoring the collective and realizing by working together we can get a lot more achieved. There's going to be such a utopian world order that will last for like forever. Yet now... You and me and everyone alive today have decided to be the pioneers, the settlers of the wild, wild west. We decided to come here when it was dangerous. We decided to come here when people would be killing people. We decided to come here when love wasn't the common language. We decided to come here against the advice of all of those who loved us on the other side. Why? for the adventure of it, for the possibilities of it, to be that pioneer, to be the first one, to be out there lighting the way for the multitude to follow along because it's an adventure, because it's like a Friday before the weekend, because it doesn't get any better in your book and mine. To be alive in the darkness and amidst the fear 
at the cusp of light and waking up. In one lifetime, and this is what's now happening, in one lifetime, unlike anything that the earth has ever seen before or will ever see again, ever and ever and ever, we are going from the darkness and naivety and ignorance and fear into the light. Oh my gosh, as I have recounted a, one of my favorite notes from the universe a million times, do you know what's better than getting to the top of the mountain? The metaphorical mountain, the life of your wildest dreams, party with the gods, party in togas. Getting there after first having been lost. When you thought you might never arrive, when you thought the whole thing was a sham, when you thought the whole thing was a joke, and when you hated yourself, and yet you prevailed. That's way better than just manifesting at the top of the mountain. We could have just manifested into easy street a few thousand or hundred thousand years into the future. I mean, look, a few hundred million years into the future, we will just be getting started. What's time but a fake, illusory number. We are eternal beings. You could have picked that slot 300 million years in the future where everybody loved you, where everybody wanted to hang out with you, where everybody was rich, where everybody did whatever they want, where everybody succeeded. And you were like, no, no, that's, that's baby cakes, man. I don't want silver spoon in my mouth. I want the wild, wild west. And why Besides the adventure and all that I've just laid out already, as we spoke of yesterday, you're one of the volunteers. And now it's not just a selfless thing. You're doing it to help yourself as well. And we'll talk about your own lessons in just a minute. But right now, as a volunteer, where it is somewhat selfless, do you know what a, a, a pillar, a tower of strength you are? Do you know what an example you are? Do you know that history books will celebrate the courageous few, those who stuck to their guns, bad metaphor, stuck to their convictions and continue to be who they were and did not crumble to the crowd, did not crumble to the dogma? This is what you're giving to all of us. You're teaching us. You're helping us. You're standing in harm's way so that others don't have to. Meanwhile, meanwhile, there's always something in it for you too, besides the crazy adventure and becoming an immortal legend, all right? You're learning of your own inner strength. You're being tested and tempered like others are not being tested and tempered. Uh, you're discovering firsthand, as tricky as this is, that there really aren't any victims. And while they want to victimize you, to change you so that you think along their ways, you're going to discover that that's impossible and they've got no power over you because you stand in your own light, the eyes and the ears of God here for a reason, many reasons, not the least of, least of which is to do it your way. This is what's going on. This is what you're learning. And as you learn it, you're learning it for all of us as well. You're learning that you can be happy no matter what others think or do. You're learning of the importance, as I said earlier, of the individual, the sacred importance of each and every one of us individually. Yes, the collective matters. Yes, cooperation is all. Yes, we'll do more together. But it's only as we respect and honor each individual can we then respect and honor the collective. 
Um, you're showing us love is all that there is. You're showing us that all is supremely well because you're still carving out space for loved ones. You're still carving out space for your own joy. You're still living life on your terms, no matter what others are doing all around you. So I salute you. I give gratitude to the entire community uh, for, for going where very few of us would ever go, even in these uh, sacred jungles of time and space, even as we've just crawled out of the cave, you are on the razor's edge of reality creation. Standing ovation, deep bow. Thank you so much from humanity and your brothers and sisters from hundreds of millions of years into the future. Continue to shine your light. Continue to hold your own. Deep gratitude for me and all of humanity and all of consciousness. You are way showers. There you have it, fellow podcast listener. Now, let's stay in the zone. If you haven't already, please visit my website, tut.com, where you can sign up, along with one million other subscribers, for my free daily notes from the universe. You can also find out about my Infinite Possibility membership for a price you choose. Every single Tuesday, I do a live broadcast, a 30-minute mini manifesting workshop. Members have access to the last 52 mini manifesting workshops. So check it out. And if you have a moment and these podcasts move you, I would be deeply grateful for a review at the Apple podcast platform. Go to tut.com, look for spiritual tune-ups, look for the link for podcasts. If you send us a screen grab of your published review at Apple, We've got a very special bonus waiting for you. Check out the links, read all about it. Thanks for being here, and I'll see you on the next podcast installment.